And guys, welcome. You are on the Liberty Show with Kevin Fortune, the King of Liberty, which is a national platform where you, the American citizens, can raise your voice for a call to action where we uh, believe in putting our liberty into action. And tonight, we're calling this call to action in honor of the death of George Floyd up in Minneapolis. But we don't want it to just be a conversation. We want it to lead, uh, lead to an actual call of action. We just want to remind you to watch us on uh, YouTube. And please, 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 do I have to beg anymore? How many more pleases do I have to say? Please hit the subscribe button. Also hit the like button. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it would be wonderful to hear from you. Leave a comment. If you have any questions, concerns, or even if you have a future podcast topic, we would love to hear from you, the citizen. So let's get started tonight. We're going to um, start with uh, one of our main people here down in Georgia, my main research man, Mr. Long Island IC himself, Tim Smith. Go ahead, Tim. You're on the Liberty Show. Hello. Thank you. Shout out to our hosts. Great big shout out to all of our callers, to our panelists, and a huge, huge shout out to our very own Jared. It's unfortunate that we're having this podcast, but if we're honest, if we look throughout the history of the United States, this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. And before we begin our show, I'd like to for us to have a moment of silence for those that were lost to the violence of the state. So my own personal point of view, I see this, these riots as being the proverbial chickens coming home to roost. If we look at the history of the United States, we see that the history that the, um, the American government has not been kind to people of color, specifically black folks. And when we look at the, 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 the marches that have turned into looting, the first response that we get from the media and from the power structures, oh my gosh, look at those Negroes, they're looting. But yet what they don't want to point out is that the history of this country, the building of this country was built upon looting. Remember the Boston Tea Party? That's considered a patriotic act. But when black people in this country say enough is enough, and they turn that anger towards the people, the entities, and this is what black folks see as being the problem. They see that we've poured our time, we've poured our effort, we've broken our backs to build up your businesses, and you all don't have the respect, you all don't have the cojones, excuse me, the intestinal fortitude to take note and say, we will not allow our police. And that's what the police is. The police does not belong, they do not work for the black community. The police works or work for the power structure. And the power structure is white folks. I hate to, not trying to be racial here, but if we're honest, the wealth of this country is with white people. The wealth does not lie with black people. So this is what we're seeing. We're seeing black folks saying, we're fed up that we died, that we've given our blood. Look at these endless wars that we fought. Look at the Vietnam War. And that's not even a war, that's a conflict. So yeah, don't at me. I know that's not a technical war. Point being, the looting, 
It's just a direct result of the foot that's been placed on every Black American, every Black person in this country. Well, Tim, you brought up some really good points as usual. That's why you get those, uh, you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> that's a joke, guys. He just works for Long Island High School. <laughs> but Tim, you know, it's really interesting because our whole country was founded on looting. My, my grandmother and them were Native American Indians and stealing Indians' land, stealing um, labor from, from Africans, stealing their children, you know, robbing, taking land from even women in the South. It, it's been, you know, made up on that. But when we do it, it's, it's so different. Unbelievable. But the great point is that, you know, we want to deal a lot of times with the symptoms instead of the root of the problem. The problem is not the rioting, not the looting, not even the police shooting. It's just the, 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 this whole, um, the racism, the white supremacy, the hatred, the evilness that's in our country, the disunity and dysfunction, but it's also the oppressive government, you know, and we don't want to even face that and deal with that, but we want to deal with it after the fact. I was telling um, you and Damon earlier, the quote I heard that battle or wars are won before the, even the first battle is fought. And that's part of the problem. We've already got a government that, you know, they haven't dealt with any of this in the last 400 years. And now all of a sudden they're so surprised. But anyway, let's go on to the next one. Let's hear from someone, good guy, but he's a little, little, little different complexion than Mr. Tim. So let's get somebody else's view from a, well, he's kind of white. He's almost white. He's partially white, but his name is Kevin. So he's not, he's got to be cool. Mr. Kevin Wilson, all the way up in Rochester, New York. Kevin. You're on the Liberty Show. Hey, Kevin. Good talking to you. You know, I, I'm up here in Rochester, New York, and it's been uh, an interesting day up here. Uh, you know, there, there's a, a Black Lives Matter matter uh, rally here in Rochester, uh, and it was it was interesting. It was informative. I, I, I went there to, to learn and also just to, to say that the, the Libertarian Party, uh, you know, supports uh, Black Lives Matter and that we support, uh, you know, ending the unnecessary violence of the state. Because again, every law that we pass is an opportunity for conflict. It's every law that we pass is a chance for government to use violence against all people. And that violence of the state gets wielded disproportionately against people of color. So, so I went to that rally mostly to learn. I was trying not to take up too much space. I was trying to just kind of listen, talk to folks, see what's going on. Uh, and and there, there, it was a really nice rally for, for a long time. Um, wonderful speakers uh, marching through downtown, thousands of people, uh, people in a good mood. And then interestingly enough, it, it, just, it just went south as of a, a couple hours ago. And uh, some people started mostly white. Uh, uh, there's this group called Red and Black. They're, they're the local Antifa group. They started smashing police cars flipping cars over, setting things on fire. So a bunch of white dudes uh, started doing that. And then the police started using the pepper balls and beating people and arresting people. And, and that's where we are now. And then as that chaos started to unfolded, people started uh, looting stores downtown. And this is, this is happening right now. Just a few minutes ago, the, the mayor of Rochester and our county executive here in this area just declared a, a curfew for 9 p.m. They declared a state of emergency. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit distracted right now because I'm kind of watching this news come in as, as it happens. Again, I was at this rally earlier today and the libertarian uh, view on this is, again, you know, we, we see how this police officer killed 
George Floyd. This was, you know, in any other situation, very clearly a murder. And, and I'm glad that that officer was arrested. But we're looking at this and, and people are angry and people are upset. And they have held a rally that was, again, angry, but peaceful. And now, you know, we're in a situation where things are starting to spiral out. And I think they've kind of lost the narrative, unfortunately. It, it, was, it was a lot of positive coverage, a lot of, a lot of push towards actual policy reform uh, in the city of Rochester and uh, around police discipline. And now, now the whole story is about the looting. And, and I think that's, that's an interesting thing. It's, it, I, I'm just outside as an observer right now watching it go down. Well, I think that that's part of the problem I had last night. I was all calm and I was watching it here in Atlanta because it, it started peacefully and it went south. Um, uh, but the media made it so bad and all oh, the looting. But once again, we focus on the looting. We focus on the fire setting for one night. But what about the 400 years of racism? What yeah. about the 400 years of, of, of oppression? And what about... You know, like last night, it really upset me because the police in Atlanta were so calm and so orderly because there's a hundred cameras on them. And they were, you know, bragging, oh, they're just so awesome. They're so orderly. They're so respectable. But what about the other 365 days of the year when they're terrorizing people in the hood and the ghetto where, you know, you're just being oppressed and beaten and tortured and, and things like that. So I think that uh, we, we have to look at the whole picture. But let me ask you as a, a, a partially white man, I don't know, you, you act a little black sometimes. But no, but do you understand their hatred? You don't have to agree with it, but do you understand the anger? Yeah, no, absolutely. If 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 I were the subject of state violence constantly, and I, you know, it, it's it's funny. I try to to not come into these things with assumptions, but I've talked to so many, you know, black people specifically in the Rochester area, where they tell me about their regular interactions with police, and you know, at first I feel bad because at first, like, there's no way that's real. There's no way like that keeps happening to you that you keep getting harassed. And, you know, I, I feel, I feel bad that I, I didn't believe them at first. And then the more and more I saw, I'm like, wow, wow. Yeah. I, I would be angry. I, you know, I'd be on the edge. And if you're, if you're in a position and you know, right now, especially you can't work, you can't get out, you, you have no money and, and you're subject to uh, state violence all the time. That puts people on the, uh, to, to a breaking point. You know, and that's really uh, the key point. Thank you, Kevin. Because, you know, you know, me being a, a person of liberty, uh, we, I, I don't like paying taxes, but we pay taxes to these police officers. And then they turn around and oppress us, beat us, lynch us, murder us. The people we're paying, you know, how would you like to pay a babysitter and then the babysitter um, assaults your child that you, you're paying them to protect? We're paying them to protect us. You know, we work, they take a lot of taxes out of my check, trust me. And then we're treated like that. That is just really unconscionable. So let's go, uh, uh, Jared, let's get a female's point of view. Is there a lady on the line? We got a Trinity that has something to contribute okay. here. Okay, go ahead, Trinity. You're on the Liberty Show with Kevin Fortune. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay, sorry, I'm not a female. Um, Matrix, <laughs> the Matrix ruined my name. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 am a, uh, I'm a Southern white man. Uh, I am bald. No, you couldn't. I don't believe you. I, I am. I'm a big guy. I mean, if you, if you wanted to look at me, you could say, hey, there's a skint head. Uh, I choose to shave my head, even though I'm going bald. But uh, so I, I'm speaking from, you know, southern southern Atlanta white man here. And I want you all to think about something. I want you to ask the question yourself uh, and I'm going to answer it uh, from my point of view. What is the first thing 
you think of when you see the blue lights in your rearview mirror. And what I think of is I sure am glad I'm not black. That's the first thing that goes through my head. So I am so aware of the white privilege I have when it comes to police force. If I'm polite to the policeman, I'm treated as though I'm just one of his brothers and it's all good. And I cannot imagine being black and being worried when the cop is anywhere near or around because of the chance of being killed, period. Maybe you're not even doing anything and you could be killed. It's a sad state of affairs in the police world and has been for many years. It's not, not like this is a new thing. And it, it disgusts me. It really does. Well, thank you, uh, Trinity. And that's, you brought up a really good point. I want to piggyback on. And if you, anybody wants to make a comment or touch on anything somebody says, just you know, um, hit the button and Jerry can recognize you. Um, this is not a new thing. And that's what's so frustrating. If it was just one time or two times, but last year and the year before and last month and this week, and it'll be next week. When are we going to stop and deal with it? And you know my thing is put something into action. We do a lot of talking, a lot of symposiums, a lot of um, news conferences and press conferences. But when, I asked you when, are we going to see some changes? So who's next on the Liberty Show, Jared? We got Harry with a comment here. Okay. Harry, welcome. You're on the Liberty Show. Okay. Um, sorry, it's a little, I live downtown, downtown New Haven, uh, Connecticut. Uh, originally from Louisiana, though, so we have some Southerners here. But uh, So it's a little loud um, because we're having protests right now, actually. Um, but yeah. Yay uh, for the protest. No. Yay for the protest. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the actual destruction of large, massive corporate conglomerates like Target doesn't really bother me that much. I mean... There, I think that there are pivotal moments in society and in, in history when sometimes um, destruction inevitably leads to transformation. Um, but, you know, I'm also hoping that this is a moment where we, we, we obviously acknowledge the, the disproportionate police brutality against people of color, but we also broaden our dialogue to talk about the whole nature of American policing and how authoritarian it is because, you know, before, even before the George Floyd case, I was reading about how disabled people are disproportionately abused by police forces. And that, um, you know, in the last decade, more Americans across all racial and class boundaries have died at the hands of police than all Americans that died in the Iraq war. So I think that this could also be used to talk about racial violence, but also American authoritarianism in general. Um, and I think that this is a moment that we have to seize um, in order to make this discussion as broad as possible. Great point, great point. So let me ask you, uh, it's Harry right up in New Haven. I love it. We get to, we already up to Connecticut. Um, so when you say seize the moment, give me an example. What do you think we could do to seize the moment to bring for us uh, some change or transformation? The first thing is that this isn't a concrete, um, like necessarily a policy reform, but I think that we have to make sure that this isn't swept under the rug in a week and that we get, right. some, we get some, some sort of nice, tidy, um, neoliberal gesture towards this moment that really gets people to pipe down. We need to keep the pressure up on the powers that be, you know, so to speak. I hate to use such a cliche term, but we need to create, an, I think, an 
a temperament in America of, of, of constructive anger and not just fall back into this kind of digital wasteland of oh, our phones. We, we need to remember what happened here because I think it was that disgusting. Um, and it's, it's commonplace thing that happens in all in, in, you know, in America every day. Um, so I think that would be the first thing. I think people need to keep protesting. Um, and then I think that policy will grow out of that. But I think that they, I think that the first thing we need to do is show them that we won't go away without something truly comprehensive, not, not just some sort of middle ground gesture. Wow. Great, great answer, man. Thank you for being on the Liberty show. And he brought up a really good point last night as I was watching the press conference that our local mayor and some of the uh, city leaders were, you know, they were just criticizing the protesters and the rioters. And, um, you know, I was like, are you listening at these people? You know, they're trying to, to speak out. They're crying out for help. They're crying out that they're tired. But are we listening? And I agree with you. We've had this happen so many times. And we sweep it under the rug, and in two weeks, it's, it's on to the next issue or the next uh, whatever is being popular on Twitter or whatever. But we can't just let things like this die and go away. Thank you so much. I want to go to a great friend of mine, a man of liberty down in Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Edmund. Edmund T., you're on the Liberty Show with Kevin Fortune. Let's hear what you got to say. Hey, thank you for letting me speak. Um, I... Uh... I'm kind of on the spot. I do not have notes prepared, so I'm just trying to not make myself look like an idiot. Um, I liked what the last guy said about the cops and people with disabilities, because I read a story a few years ago about the police tackling a guy with Down syndrome who freaked out after watching like a film and he didn't want to leave the movie theater, so the cops were called. And then somehow, the same thing as George Floyd, like, he ended up under the cop, and boom, all of a sudden, he was dead. And I went, after I read that story, and this was Maryland, it, it just something really bothered me. But, like, I kind of understood the personality of the police, where it's like, they're kind of amped up on testosterone and they, they don't really want to hear like a narrative that contradicts what they're saying. They just get really angry and like try to seize control of the situation and stuff like this George Floyd things and ends up happening, you know? Um, well, Ed, Ed, let me ask you a question. Yeah, you're ask me a question. That'll help you're, me there. Yeah. you're fine. You're here in Atlanta. And you saw some of the protests and the devastation. No, I never saw any protests. No, I've been at well, work. No protests. Well, but I mean, you saw it on some on the news. But what do you think of like, you know, a lot of people that it was just like the black people, whatever. But there were a lot of white, especially younger people down there at the protests. What do you oh, think about their... Oh, that's what you want me to share my opinion about. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, these Antifa people... Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of respect for them. I, I can understand the the African Americans and the injustice, even though I think that there's white people who can get caught in the crosshairs of police force. But I, I'm not too fond of these uh, these white kids from the suburbs who are joining Antifa to go help with these riots and destruction. Actually, I find it quite low. You know, I don't know. I just uh, something that just doesn't I like and and that being said is that I don't necessarily have a 
problem with the looting per se, because I think that we've had a society that uh, we've done a lot of talking shit on social media about political issues for years and years and years now. So if you want this to escalate into physical violence, by all means, let it escalate into physical violence. But, you know, just accept the consequences of what's happening. Go on, Kevin. Yes. Well, that's an interesting point. You know, we don't, you know, that's one thing I was noticing in the press conference last night. We don't want physical violence, but yet this country's always had physical violence. Look at all the wars. You know, look no, at Vietnam. Marilyn at, Manson said this yeah. in his documentary, Bowling for Columbine, and that came out 20 years ago. Yeah. So all of a sudden, this is so, oh my God, it's so unacceptable. Our whole nation has been a violent nation. We're dropping bombs all over the world, and then we wonder why other countries don't like us. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ed, for being on the I, Liberty Show. I don't support show. looting, though. <laughs> you do me. or don't? I do not support looting, but I do not support corporations, and I do not support police violence either, but I also do not really blink twice at looting because it's like, oh, it took us this long to get here. I saw this coming 12 <laughs> years ago. All right, that's all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ed. We really appreciate your comments. So who's next on the Liberty Show? How about we go to Lewis as uh, someone who is in the Twin Cities and uh, uh, knows this, uh, this situation that started there and has some good perspective. I have some choice words about this situation, as Jared can attest. Also, just as a preface, I guess you would say that I'm like a democratic socialist, I guess a libertarian leftist. So something I've noticed over the past few days is that there's been a lot of indignant whining in like headlines in the New York Times of like mostly kind of neoliberal writers, like trying to frame this as like, oh, well, the protests have you know, they have a good cause, but this uh, looting, quote unquote, this civil disobedience, it's too uncivil, it's not respectable enough. And it's just making me think like, like liberals will talk about, will kind of pay lip service to progressive values. Like they'll say that they care about things like black emancipation and like serious societal reform. But then the moment anything like this happens where people are trying to like seriously push for like accountability of police officers, it seems like all that goes out the window. And like New York Times and CNN and all these supposedly progressive publications, it's just like they go straight to defending the status quo. It's just, I don't know, it's very disappointing to hear. Like I'm not a liberal or anything. Like I, I kind of gave up on that position in high school. It's like, no, liberals seem they're they are part of the establishment as far as I'm concerned. Like they are not allies in this fight. But let me tell you, Louis, you're you're there in Minneapolis. Are you anywhere near the protesting or have you experienced any of it firsthand? Well, I live in Bloomington technically, which is literally about ten miles away from where Minneapolis starts. So when I say I'm in Minneapolis, I am truncating slightly. I mean Bloomington is more or less part of Minneapolis. It's just one of the small towns that's sort of like right next to it. Uh, yes, I have been hearing quite a bit about the protests. I don't live close to where they're happening, but uh, there's, you can kind of see the smoke at times from when shit is on fire. And then also you can kind of hear no disorderly noise in the distance every so often. So it's kind of like this grim 
thing on the horizon that I'm not directly involved in, although I would like to be. I would like to go attend these protests and witness history. My parents both have somewhat, uh, they have certain health problems that makes it sort of ill-advised for me to go outside to where there are large crowds of people gathered. And also they're quite older people. So all I've been able to do is just sort of observe from a distance. But yeah, this shit's crazy. Just getting back to what you asked me. Well, thank you, Louis. Great that we finally heard from you, Louis G. Yeah. Thank you so much. quiet for the the few episodes I showed up for, but I felt the need to make a point about this, seeing as this is very much in the surrounding area. Well, we really appreciate you so much. Well, let's go back down south um, beneath the Mason Distant Line, and let's talk to my main man, DK. And once again, he's not the murderer, DK. But my main man, Damon Kennedy from Stockbridge, Georgia. Georgia, Damon, you're on the Liberty Show. What's going on, everybody? And as always, great points uh, from the people who've spoken so far. I just want to add a couple points as well. Um, first things first, when, when people talk about they hate the looting and they don't like rioting or whatever, then the, the question becomes, okay, well, what's the acceptable answer? Because when we, when we go back a few years and Colin Kaepernick took a knee to bring uh, attention to the exact issue we're talking about right now, people said, well, I don't like, I don't like what he's doing. I don't like the forum. I don't, I don't like what he's doing. So then that was nonviolent protest, right? So if you have a problem with the looting, you have a problem with the protest, you have a problem with the looting, at some point you just have to say you don't care, right? Because a lot of times what happens is um, you have people outside of the black community who don't have to deal with what we have to deal with who say, I don't like that. But the reality is they're uncomfortable talking about it because they don't want to think about the deeper issues that are going on that would make them rethink their, their view of America. Because we have a very romanticized view of what this country is, what it's been. And to black people and white people, it's a totally different thing. Right? But this so, is democracy, Damon. <laughs> right. And so uh, up until this point, uh, out of the 400 some odd years this country has been existing, or the couple hundred years this country has been officially a country, black people have only been able to, quote unquote, participate for about 50 years of it. And even then, not at the full rate that we should be. Right. So that, that's one of, the, one of the points that we need to talk about. So every point in time that we try to bring up these issues, they move the goalposts. And in this George Floyd situation, it's a perfect microcosm of everything. It was on tape. Had it not been on tape, we probably wouldn't. Right. We, well, I know, I know we wouldn't have heard about it, right? But it had to be on tape, go viral across the country. And then even then, the city of Minneapolis had to fucking burn down for them to actually arrest the guy, right? And so they, and then if you see the videos, they had a hundred cops guarding this cop's house. So a couple points here. Okay, are these guys being paid by the taxpayers? Are they, I mean, who's paying for this, right? So you got a dude who murdered a dude on tape. Again, goes viral. This guy never lived his best life, living at the house, got 100 cops protecting him. But then, which brings me to, brings me to my next point. So all, all these, these Blue Lives Matter type folks say that if 99% of cops are good, well, if that's true, then what are the chances of four cops being dispatched to the same call and all of them are bad? Check my math, that's 0%, right? So if, if we're going to be on a, on a good day, right, if, if that 99% is correct, if there's four cops, three of them got to be good. One of them, the three of them got to say, look, dude, get off this guy. He, he's, you're going to kill him. And then, then the other, the, on the flip side, you've got the people filming and you've got bystanders who were trying to tell this guy, get off of him, you're killing him. And the guy was making jokes and he's just, 
if you saw, like anybody who's seen the video, sees the cop just grinning and smirking at the camera, he, he knew nothing was going to happen to him. Because if one of the people, one of the bystanders were to try to do something, guess what would happen? We would have had more people dead that day. Or at least the person would have gotten arrested because at the end of the day, who polices the police, right? So, so that's one of the major issues we have too. And again, there are a lot of people who want to ignore the racial dynamic. Now, if it makes, you know, the, the non-white allies, it makes them feel better. Imagine it was a dog, right? If it was a dog that got freaking killed, they'd be up in arms. They'd be calling Peter. They'd be, oh my God, this is terrible. But if it's a black man, they don't care. And then also the media is in on the fix too, because what they're doing is they're trying to set up the case for getting the, the guy off, getting the cop off. Because even when they bring charges, they're trying to assassinate the character of the man and say, well, back in the day in first grade, he stole somebody's pencil and this, that, and this. So they're trying to kill his character, right? And, and so, so basically... <laughs> so, by time, day, by time, <laughs> so by the time the the... the the um the court case comes, they've they've so assassinated this man's character that that the jury's like, well, geez, I don't know what would have happened. And then, you know, all the racists always want to say, well, we don't know what happened before the camera. But it's like 10 minutes of a guy laying on the guy. What else do you need to see? Right? So I mean, I, I I'm getting I'm getting hyped up about it, but I know we got some other people that want to talk. But that's well, that's Damon, don't point. don't go nowhere. You don't get off that easy, buddy. <laughs> you started all of this. <laughs> But no, David, you brought up a really good point that I think I think I told you earlier that infuriated me most, and I'm getting emotional more than anything, was last night as I listened at the news media criticizing um, all of these protests and writers, mostly, um, you know, people of color, but just, just like they were a piece of filth and, oh, how dare them, look at them, they're just terrorizing the city. Oh, this is so uncool. And I'm like, who died and made them God? Who gave them the right to judge? news media is to present the facts and let the citizens judge what's right or wrong good or bad we all have our own opinions and our own beliefs but they were just making it they've already like you said pre-sentenced um these people that hey they're wrong they're criminals oh their acts are unacceptable but yet the acts of the police are acceptable the acts of the military the acts of the government are acceptable you know and what one, one just, final point one final point is okay they were called to the scene. Let's look, let's peel back the layers of the onion. What were they called out to the scene for? This man, it was forgery, right? So he allegedly, whether he wrote, whether he wrote a bad check or had a fake $20 bill, whichever story you want to believe. Regardless, either way, over $20, the man does not deserve to die. The police right. do not have the right to be judge, jury, and executioner. So again, we go back to all these racist folks who, who supposedly believe in the quote-unquote rule of law. Well, the rule of law says what? If you believe he committed a crime, the police arrest him, he goes to jail, he gets a day in court, he's found guilty, innocent, whatever, and that's, that's that. But again, what these racists do not understand is that you're allowing, through the Blue Lives Matter bootlicking syndrome, you're allowing these cops to basically do whatever the heck they want to do, and you don't hold them accountable for anything. Right, so, right. So the, the, the thin blue line, again, happens to where all these supposed good cops well, if you're not going to do anything against the bad cops, then you're just you're no better off than the bad cop, right? So, so these systems in place, not just in Minneapolis, I mean, everywhere in the country, when you have bad cops who are not held to account, who are not penalized and put in jail, then you're not you're not disincentivizing them to do anything. And finally, what I think would really stop all this nonsense is we we hear all all talk about the the, the cop the police officer pensions. Well, guess what? If you are found guilty of assaulting somebody where they die because of your negligence, guess where your pension goes? 
to the victim's family. This this stuff will stop real quick if they do that. I promise you that. <laughs> thank you, David. You are just awesome as usual. We thank for um, everyone that was um, been on the show tonight. We just want to remind you that you're on the Liberty Show with Kevin Fortune, and today we're talking about a call to action. We're remembering. Uh, George Floyd that was uh, murdered by a police officer this week. And once again, we don't just want to raise our voice, but we want to raise our voice and to actually put it into some action. So reminder to um, like us on uh, Facebook and follow us and like us on Instagram, but also make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, if you're interested in sponsoring this uh, podcast, which we need sponsors to get video equipment to travel around as this Corona list, Corona list so that we can go to your city, um, uh, go to www.patreon.com forward slash The Liberty Show. It's only $5 a month. $5 a month. You can be one of our sponsors. Thank you so much. Now, let's go. Uh, do we have any females on? We want to get a, a female perspective. Can one of our ladies uh, let us know what they think of what's going on with this situation? Yeah. Are you talking about the situation that's going on now? With the, yes, with um, George Floyd and the protesting and riots. Oh, no, oh I, I, I don't know. I agree that the um, protester has a right to protest, uh, understand why they are burning things because some, it has something has to stop. Some, it, 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 we cannot continue to go on with the same old, same old and not have any, you know, repercussion. I have right. some places that they're burning down um, buildings, you know, uh, African-American um uh, places of work. I, I hate that it's happening, but I understand what the young people, the youth, um, are um, trying to, you know, make a stand. And and I right. um, I applaud them one hundred percent. We must must vote. We must vote to get that racist president out of office. And I don't care who is in that. And we got to get some good leadership in this country okay that's all yeah. i just that's all i wanted to say but i i do understand and agree i, I do understand why the the you know that they are um protesting and burning you know and doing what they have to do to get them to get it hurt and then i hate that happened to the, the the gentleman in um minnesota that did not have to that was blankly murder it was right. blankly murder in i in the eyes of the United States of America. What is the world thinking about the United States of America? It is. Well, to me, let me ask you, what city are you in? I live in Athens, Georgia, a little small town in Athens, okay. Georgia, Clark County. I, I'm, I'm housed with the University of Georgia. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so you. much for your comments. Go that down. is awesome. Thank you. Okay. Do we have any other ladies that would like to comment? We don't want this to seem like an all-men show. Where's uh, Miss Charlie at? Hi, Charlie. Yeah. You're on the Liberty Show. Thank you. I just want to reiterate what the young lady also just stated that um, got off the phone. I do understand the anger. I do understand the frustration. Um, I'm not necessarily a big fan of looting, but I get it. But what I want to also... I guess, ask your uh, participants on the show, because we all know what the problem is. We all see the, the police brutality. I mean, it, it's a common issue. It con continues 
to perpetually happen. You know what I'm saying? It's like year after year after year. We've gone from Ahmaud Arbery now to George Floyd. But I need to understand with everyone on here, like, what do you think the solution is? Because we have to focus on some type of solution that we want to argue with to go to our government, to go to our police officials, to go to... Um, Currently, right now, our mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, and I think in Atlanta, I felt that there was an opportunity for that last night. In regards to the police officers here in Atlanta, I think around, it was like around five or six, I was watching the news, and the police chief, I'm sorry, I don't recall her name or remember her name, but she had already stated, I don't want this to be an arrest fest. And to me, I, I got the feeling that she wanted the officers to stand down. So I know someone was speaking earlier about how, you know, people were commending the, the Atlanta police officers and things of that nature, but I think that was only because she had already reiterated to them, in essence, almost stand down, and I think that's how it um, spawned worse out of control. I think if she had not said that, we would have seen police officers chasing everybody in the street last night. God only knows what they would have done. But I need to focus on the solution. We need to come together for a solution. We got to, you know, to get some type of policy in place to stop this police brutality. If, if there, you know, luckily there was a video, because of the video, I automatically feel like that police officer should have been arrested that day because it was murder. I'm not understanding why we're going a week or so because all that's giving right. him the opportunity to do is come up with his defense, to find an attorney so that once he you know, goes to jail that maybe he can bond out. I don't even think he should be allowed to bond out. But we need those policies in place or all we're going to continue to do you know, is be frustrated and angry and, 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 and knock out windows and blah, 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 because we're not coming up with an agenda. I need to know what your agenda is, and let's all come together on one and fight for that. Such as, say, for instance, I don't believe in kids being able to, or having to start school in the fall. And I know I'm, I'm speaking fast because I'm just trying not to utilize too much time and get my point across. But if, if we don't want our kids going back to school in the fall because of this COVID-19, and if somebody says, okay, we're going to go sit on the lawn of the governor you know, Governor Kemp here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm all with that. You understand? That's a solution. I need for you to understand. We don't want our kids to go back to school, and I'm going to need for you to be all sitting on the lawn with me. But just being all over the place, I, I, I don't get that. And that's all I have to say. And I thank everyone for their time for listening to me. <laughs> thank you, Miss Charlie, one of our thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much. <laughs> she brought up a good point, which you know I was getting to anyway. Is what about action? And that's what, you know, um, I have, uh, I'm about action. We need to put our liberty and our frustration into action. So guys, we're gonna raise that question to anyone who wants to speak real quickly. What do you think are some possible solutions to this? And please, let me say one thing, just saying, let's have a conversation about it. Cause we've been talking for 400 years. We've had diplomacy. We've had symposiums and workshops. We've had town hall meetings. And I'm like, Miss Charlie, and nothing is changing. Nothing is happening. So guys, join the Liberty Show. Let me know, what do you think we should do? Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the first part of this special two-part episode of the Liberty Show covering the George Floyd murder and police brutality in America. Make sure to follow us on our various social medias so you can be notified when part two comes out. This is such a important discussion. So I'm, I'm really excited about what we were able to, to cover in this episode. So please share it around and keep following to, to see our future podcasts. Thanks and see you next time.